have a seat. So good to be with you here this morning here in the room at Wright's, also with you folks who are here online. What an unbelievably great day, great morning. We're celebrating some special stuff today. Stay tuned right as we finish. We got some great party stuff going on this morning. Meanwhile, we're going to continue doing this morning what we always do when we gather, and that is we celebrate and we connect and we sent some kind of challenge, three C's. We connect to our purpose. We connect to God. We connect with each other. And we're celebrating. And we are also going to find our way into some new understanding of what God has for us. And this is central to it. We're on a mission. You and I are on a mission. And we, we've been calling it forward in faith. And we're going to keep going forward and keep going to doing it by faith. But what we're shooting to do is build relationships that are real we're going to build relationships, and in them, transformation takes place. Relationships with God and with each other, with serving God out in the community, with live, living life together with each other in intentional ways and groups, etc. That's what we're doing, and so we're excited about it. I'm excited about it. You're excited about it, aren't you? Yes, and today is just one special day about that, and we're going to celebrate as we leave here this morning, and again, I'm just teasing you. You're going, I want you on the edge of your chair. What's he going to do? Yeah, I'm up to something this morning. If you are new to us and with us, 
we have this thing called a connect card. You can find it online. There's a QR code that you can use here, or if you're online and you want to do it, you can go to our website, fill it out, let us know that you have connected with us, and then we'll try to help you connect with all that's going on in the life of First Presbyterian Church. So this morning in celebration and in understanding more our purpose and understanding how we're going to sense God touching us in a way that challenges us, also what we do is pray for people. And I have here in front of me some folks, most of whom we've been praying for, and we're going to keep praying. So let me tell you some stuff that we want to be aware of as we pray. So I'll say it now, and then I'll pray. So Lynn is here with us. Lynn Richie, she had a stroke, and she's recovering. And she's, this is the second Sunday she's been with us. a girl! Janice Lackey's cousin has been diagnosed with a brain tumor. So if you don't know Janice, she's sitting over here with her husband, Joe. And so we want to pray for her cousin. We want to also keep in our hearts with gratitude and come buy stuff from Wright's Gourmet. This is our last Sunday here because next Sunday we're going to be at our own property on Horatio. More about that in a minute. But what, what's happening is Jeff Mount, the owner, and his staff have been unbelievable. They just didn't mind believing. We, we invited them to be with us here this morning. He, he wasn't able to be with us here this morning. He just, he just gave it to us. He just gave it to us. So we buy stuff from them. Keep that going. You know what I'm saying? If you have a choice, either buy it from Created Cuisine or buy it from Jeff Mount. You know? So we never stop praying for Jackie. These ribbons are here. Some of her family are here this morning, probably also online. We're just not going to quit praying for Jackie. It's, it was six years ago this coming weekend. Seven? Seven years ago this coming weekend. So we pray for Jackie. Has a severe head trauma, and her body and her brain have just not reconnected. It matters to her family that we're doing this. Trust me, they tell me. They know. And they, they tell Kathy and me personally. I know they tell others. We're going to keep praying for Jamie Atkinson and Hank Floyd and Jerry Denny battling a variety of forms of cancer. And we're going to keep praying for Larice Garcia, who still hasn't recovered from surgery. She's still in Orlando where she had it. So let me pray. Gracious God, we are excited to be your sons and daughters and therefore to be brothers and sisters. And we're filled with energy about the mission you've put us on to trust you as we go forward in faith. We want to be people who have real, authentic, transparent, vulnerable relationships where we can go deep in who we are as a person with you and with each other. And we want to be out there on the frontier, so to speak, the point of the spear, trying to make a difference, have impact in people's lives, impact that's forever, eternal. So that's what we get to do. And these folks who I've listed by name, take care of them. Give them a sense of courage. And for the person in this room right now, gracious God, who needs a sense of your presence right now, gracious, it could be several of us. It probably is. We thank you, gracious God, that we get to trust you, that you've sent us into this miraculous, powerful, inspiring mission to be authentic people who build relationships with others and we love well. We love unconditionally, but we love other people the way we've been loved by you. This is what makes us excited. This is what we're here for. This is what we want to be better at. All this in the name of Jesus who leads us, who guides us, who loves us, who heals us, who has restored us. Amen. Good morning. Uh, as Fitz teed us up, this is our last Sunday at Wrights because next Sunday, drum roll please, we're going to Horatio. Oh, thank you, Steve. All right. 
right. So we are, uh, we're calling next Sunday, November 21st and November 28th, our soft launch at Horatio. We're saying that for a couple of reasons. One, we want to manage your expectations as we get into the new building. And, but we're just excited to be there. And so together as a family, we're going to take those two Sundays to work out the kinks. So come on and join us for worship and celebrate with us 10 a.m. at Horatio. And then we're calling December 5th our launch date. Uh, we just can't wait to open up our doors and invite even more people in. And we just want you to be there for all of it. And we just can't believe that this time, after three years of God leading us, that we're, we're at this point in our journey. And so it's just really exciting. We want you to be there and be a part of it. Uh, next, I want to welcome up Dylan and Shannon Burns. They are going to share a little bit about Serve Day with us. All right. Thank you for the introduction. Yes, we are Dylan and Shannon. We are part of the Serve Day planning team. And I know we came up here last week and said, hey, mark your calendars, Sunday, January 9th. So if you haven't already, please do now. And also, we left some uh, save the dates on your seats. So I know a lot of people have already signed up. Thank you very much for doing so already. But if you have uh, already, please bring this to friends and families of yours who maybe have not signed up yet. So this is just a, an interest card. Uh, there will be a, uh, an email that comes out later to actually sign up when we go live, which we anticipate, I think, which should be next week. So uh, you know, just kind of keep an eye out for that email that should be coming through. And yeah, after the uh, you know, outreach and projects we'll be having it go at Serve Day on the Sunday the, uh, the 9th, we'll be having a big, uh, big party at our new home on Horatio. So. It's an exciting time. We're very excited to, uh, to get this going. And again, mark your calendars. Thank you very much. And the last thing I wanted to share with y'all, you may have seen it when you walked in. We have the foster angel tree set up. So hanging on the tree, these are tags of kids. I saw a zero-year-old, so a baby, all the way up through teenagers who are in the foster care system. And so we have an opportunity as a church no one else is grabbing those tags. It's us. We are the hands and feet of Jesus for these young boys and girls who otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity to have a Christmas present. And so uh, it is such a joy to be able to serve in this way these kids, the least of these, um, to love them with the most. And so uh, do it as an individual. Do it as a family. Go to Target together and pick stuff out. It's really a fun, rewarding, amazing thing. And we really do. You get to be the hands and feet of Jesus to these kids. So um, grab one of those on your way out. Thank you. As everyone stands and we continue to worship, there we go, thank you. This uh, Sunday is, as we know, it's special. It is a reflection of God's perfect timing um, in giving us a home, a temporary home, till we get to our home. And not only is this something that we see as a church together, but God time and time again in our lives his timing is perfect, and it can be easy for us when we are in a trial or, or we face an obstacle that we forget what he has done in the past. So I want to encourage us to, to just, just take a moment to bow your head and close your eyes 
and just thank the Lord for what he's doing now, but think back to what God has done in your life before. There may be something that you are encountering right now, and you may be asking yourself, where are you, God? But he has worked, and he is working. He's always at work. So thank him for what he has done and what he's going to do. Forget the wonder of how you brought deliverance, the exodus of my heart. You found me, you freed me, held back the waters from my release. Oh, Yahweh. Let's see, I won't forget. I won't forget. The wonder of how you brought deliverance, the exodus of my heart. You found me, you freed me, held back the waters from my release. Oh, Yahweh, because you're the God who fights for me, Lord of that you are with me the fire by night goes a shining light to my feet you found me you freed me held back the waters from my release oh Yahweh you're the God who fights for me Lord of every victory
and you took me by the hand and you marched me out in freedom into the promised land and now i will not forget you god i'll sing of all you've done death is swallowed up forever by the fury of your love you're the god who fights for me lord of every victory hallelujah hallelujah you have torn apart the
encompassing and never-ending love and forgiveness. We are forever yours. Amen. So friends, whoa, that's a whole lot of Kathy right there. Whew. I don't know if we can tone that down a, just a hair. Friends, we're in, thank you, we're in week two of a three-part message series in which Jesus is commanding us to love one another, to do this, to do this work of one another really well in our lives. And that doesn't sound terribly hard to me at face value, except for one thing. It's supposed to impact and completely challenge and change the words that we say to one another, the way we do conflict with one another, and the narratives that we tell about one another in our lives. And as followers of Jesus, if we do those things really well, we have the opportunity to make Jesus famous for what he wants to be known for. Well, this past week, on Monday and Tuesday, I was in Denver, Colorado for a meeting with Young Life Africa Middle East. Young Life is an international and national organization that reaches teenagers around the globe with the good news and hope of Jesus Christ. And so it was a great meeting. And when it came time for me to get on the shuttle, the airport shuttle, uh, I just jumped on board, and the gentleman that was driving me to the airport from the hotel was a man named Michael Vaughn, and I was the lone passenger in his van. And when he found out that I had been at a Young Life meeting, he just lit up because he began to share that he had been a volunteer for Young Life in Denver's urban core, reaching teenagers who were economically disadvantaged and African-American. And he said, you know what? I was one of those kids. I was really poor and angry. Really, really angry. And it was hard. And all my friends and I were going down this path that involved cocaine and gangs and all kinds of stuff that wasn't good, wasn't right, until I met Jesus. He said, but then he met Jesus, but he was still angry, super angry, an anger that he nurtured and held on to with a vice grip because of his personal experience with racism in his life. And anytime someone even looked sideways at him, his response was rage and anger, and he couldn't control it. Until the day last year when George Floyd died in Minneapolis, and on that day, Michael said that he just got down on his knees and said, Lord, I am so tired of being angry. Please help me. I've been holding on to this grudge for far too long, God. Please help me. I can't take it anymore. And he said that God released him from his anger 
that he felt like a new man, that he had been set free. Well, not long after that prayer, a man got on his shuttle to go from the hotel to the airport. And the man was condescending and very disrespectful towards Michael. But you know what Michael said to me? He said, you know what, Kathy? The Lord just gave me compassion for the man. He said, I felt like God was nudging me to be kind to him and to love him with the love of Jesus regardless of his behavior towards me. And you know what's crazy? Is that at the end of that shuttle ride, when the man was disembarking, he looked Michael in the eyes and he said, I apologize. I apologize. And Michael said to him, hey, I forgive you. Just don't treat me like I'm your slave. And the man just said to him something else just as unbelievable. He said, I am never going to do that again because I cannot get over how you treated me. Michael, I know you're online with us this morning. Sorry. From Denver. And I'm grateful because you gave me and you give us such a picture of what it looks like to obey Jesus' command and to love this man, that man, the way Jesus would with undeserved grace. And I know that Jesus is calling us all to that same kind of radical, unexpected love towards others. When he said to us in John chapter 13, something so simple yet so profound, and I'm going to ask that we read it together. You know why? Because I want us to own it together. We're not just going to hear about it and let it, oh, love, yeah, love, it's so great. Let's, let's, let's embroider a tea towel with it. No, this is hardcore love. Michael Vaughn to a racist kind of love. That's what this is, and we're going to own it. So you know what? Let's stand and own it. We're going to read it together with, with conviction. Ready? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. God bless you. Have a seat. Friends, this is exactly what the church is supposed to be known for. It's the distinctive, the reputation that we love people really, really well, especially those who do not deserve it, especially those which is why I want us to talk this morning about our conflicts with each other. Not the kind of conflicts that kind of come and go quickly, but the ones that go on and on and on, the kind of conflicts that become grudges where we get mad and we stay mad at someone. We all have grudges that we're holding on to don't we? Some of them last for days, maybe weeks, but sometimes 
They last for months, even years. And here's the crazy thing. They don't even work. It's so weird. We keep repeating this thing that doesn't work, and we do it again and again. Like We keep going around the same barn. It doesn't work. How do I know? Oh, because we hold a grudge thinking, I'll get them. And we're the ones thinking about it all the time. We're the ones rehearsing these weird conversations in our heads with them all the time. We're the ones stewing on it all the time. We're the ones angry about it all the time. You know why? Because here's the truth about a grudge. The more you hold on to a grudge, the more it holds on to you, like right here. Isn't it true? The more you hold on to a grudge with a vice grip like Michael did, the more it gets you right here. It holds right on to you. That's exactly what it does. And so we end up just building up all this grudge factor in our life. And it's why we notice that in our families, in our friendships, there's misery when grudge holding is going on. People and relationships just get flat, torn apart. Well, what if we were to put into practice a revolutionary approach to our conflicts that comes to us from the Apostle Paul, an approach that has the power to break our grudges and change our relationships with each other? Now, whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, I want you to understand that if you start doing what Paul is going to say to us in a minute, your relationships are going to be better, healthier. I guarantee it. You don't have to be a follower of Jesus for that to be true. However, if you're a follower of Jesus, what I'm about to read to us is not an option because it's at the center of what matters to Jesus. It's at the center of what he means when he talks about, I'm commanding you to love one another. And we find it in Paul's letter to the church in Rome, a city full of division, diversity, and political plotting. And here's what he says to us in verse 17. Do not repay evil. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Do not repay evil for evil. You know what I love about that? I want you to notice something. He's already acknowledging that evil has happened to you. You see that? He's not suggesting that our starting point is just let it go. Don't worry about it. It's not a thing. Oh, it is. He's saying it flat out is evil. You have every right to hold a grudge. Every right. Absolutely you do. Yep. And I love it that Paul gets that. But I also love it that he recognizes and he calls us out for something else. He calls us out that our first move is too often to repay evil for evil, an offense for an offense. That's our first move. And we learned it early on as kids. 
We know how to do that really well when we're kids. And you know what happens when we grow up? We just grow up. It's still there. We're still good at it. And it may be a little more understated. It may come out in the form of sarcasm towards the person, manipulation. How about coldness? Just sheer cold shoulder mode. And through the Apostle Paul, God is saying to us, it has to stop. Do not, he says, repay evil for evil. It has to stop. You have to break the habit. Because what happens when we repay evil for evil? What does the other person do? We can talk in this place. What does the other person do? Oh, they get us back. Same thing, more of the same. Yeah, we're really good at more of the same. And then it becomes evil for evil for evil for evil for evil for evil, right? It's endless. Notice the blank. That's because our tendency is to keep going into infinity with it. It becomes evil for evil, an offense for an offense. Friends, this is what holding a grudge looks like. There it is. You want to know what holding a grudge is? Right there. It's evil for evil for evil. It just doesn't stop. And it's an offense for an offense until we start building fences with our offenses. And I want to show you what that looks like. So, Tim, you're going to help me do that. Thank you. Oh, yes, applaud Tim, please, yes. So you know what? I mean, you know, this is what, this is what a grudge gets going with. You know, I, uh, I'm really offended. You've really messed me over. You've been so evil to me, I can't even take it. And so, you know what? There. That's going to fix it. Oh, but no, that's not good enough for you. Oh, no. No, now you're offended. So, you know, you're going to repay my repayment with more evil. And so, you know, we're going back and forth now, and oop, my fence isn't straight. So we got, we got more of this going on. And I'm thinking, seriously? Are you kidding me? I didn't start this thing. You started this thing. There you go. That should do it right, sort of right there. When you're mad, nothing works right. But that's okay. Do you know what? I didn't deserve this. You started this. And now I am so offended by the way you're handling this that I can't even take it. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get you back. And I'm going to get... <laughs> nice. And I'm going to give you the cold shoulder. How does that feel? And then suddenly you're offended again, and you're not going to let that slide, so you're going to start triangulating. Oh, yeah, baby. You're going to start talking to our friends and trying to pick sides, and like there's sides. Who does that? That is so offensive. That is so immature. You know what? And now we are in a pattern, and it's going on, and everybody's talking about it, and now it's well-known that we have quite a fence going up here, and it just doesn't quit. And that pattern goes on and on and on and on. It's not the best-looking fence, but it's a fence. <laughs> Nonetheless, 
until we've just built up all of this mess around us. But I want to know, who's on the other side of your fence right now? Who is it? Who's the them? Is it someone who voted differently than you? Who believes differently than you? Is it someone you're irritated with, annoyed with? Who is it? Is it a close friend? And the reason I'm asking you is because I asked myself the same question. I had to think about this all week long, and I thought, there's nobody. Except that I realized I had all these weird little red flags. And it dawned on me, yeah, there is somebody. I'm so embarrassed to tell you this. There's somebody in my life that, yeah, I'm rehearsing conversations. I'm stewing on it. I'm even distancing myself from that person. Hadn't even occurred to me. It is so insidious. It was under the surface in my heart, and I didn't even realize it was there. So what relationship in your life have you gotten like this with? What relationship is going on where you've allowed it to get like this? What relationship is it? And you may be thinking, Kathy, are you kidding? I didn't allow anything. They did this to me. In fact, if you only knew, if you'd heard what they'd said, if you'd seen what they'd done, then you'd understand it has nothing to do with me. But au contraire. Because Paul is about to show us that it's not even about them. It's not. It's about you. And it's about me. When he says to us next in verse 18, he says, If it is possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then he goes on from there. He's not done. In verse 19, So do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. To which... As we listen to this, as we listen to his say these words, we're understanding that Paul wants you and me to pick up the fact that when we hold on to grudges and seek revenge, which is a form of holding on to a grudge, we are keeping evil in circulation, my friends. That's what we're doing. There's no way to mince words around it. And if we don't do that... We make room for God to do something about the evil, and he's so much better at it than we are. You know why? Because he's interested in healing you, and he's interested in healing the situation, and he's interested in healing the other person. But now here's our part. It comes next in verse 20 and 21. It says, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The secret to breaking the habit of holding a grudge in our lives is overcoming evil with good. The secret to breaking this cycle of building fences and creating distance with people is overcoming it with good. And so you decide you're going to start saying this. 
okay, you do evil to me, I'm going to do good to you. You do evil to me again, I'm going to do good to you again. You keep doing evil to me, I'm going to keep doing good to you. In fact, it doesn't matter what you do. I've already decided what I'm going to do. I'm going to overcome evil with good every time. I'm not going to let evil overcome me, and I'm not going to let evil overcome us. And sometimes you have to work hard at it. <laughs> and notice, notice what I'm creating here. Because as I'm doing good to you, whether you've done evil to me or not, I'm thinking, you're someone I care about. And at the very least, you're someone that God has called me to care for. And that's why I'm going to do everything I can within my power to live at peace with you and with everyone. Look what I've created now. You see what I've created? It's not a fence anymore. What is it? A path, a bridge. And that opens it up for possibilities, doesn't it? Now reconciliation is possible. Peace is possible. Healing is possible. A conversation is possible. We now have a chance, a real chance. Friends, I want us to start right now. And I want you to think about somebody with whom you've been holding a grudge, knowing that vice grip has been around your neck. Let's take Michael's lead and pray. I want you to pray right now for that person. Just close your eyes and think of that person. It's hard to pray for them, but I want you to imagine what God can do with your prayers, how he can change your heart, change the situation, change the heart of the person you're thinking about. Watch what he can do. And as you pray for them right now, I want this to be day one of your prayers for them. This isn't a one-off prayer. I want you to pray every day for this person. Take a minute. Open your eyes. Friends, let's Obey Jesus' command. It's hard, but let's do it and trust what he can do when we overcome evil with good and when we break the habit of holding on to a grudge that's only making us sick. Amen. In fear and trembling, I'm following that. <laughs> and here's what we're going to do. We're going to continue living life on bridges that we're building because in real relationships that result in real transformation and forward we go in faith. And this morning we're going, to we're going to bring us all up to date about where we are with what folks, with what you've done, what God has done through you. But before I give you the number, 
And you're listening to me now, aren't you? Because you want to hear that number. Here's what I want to remind you of. Three years ago, we started saying, are we, are we being asked by God to move? Phenomenal things have happened. A, a record high price for our property. Things like this. Things where Jeff Mount says, you can use my room. And I'm not, I don't want any of your money. And on and on has gone and over and over again. All kinds of things have been this great celebration. One of the things that's been so profoundly impactful is the high capacity crowd that has worked so hard. And I wanted, I'm going to read their names. First, I want to remind you of how we've been doing this. We've been praying, and we're going to keep praying every day at 7.07 a.m. and 7.07 p.m. And we're fasting the first Wednesday of every month. And just because we've made the move and bought the property and we're moving to it, we keep praying because going forward in faith to reach our community and love people well, that continues. We prayed th Psalm 37, part of verse 7, part of, of uh, verse 9. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently. And those who wait for the Lord will inherit the land. And that's where we are. We're beginning to see that the land is coming into view because we own property. He, these people, I'm going to read off the names. It's just so many names. You just high capacity. Are you kidding me? Here's one of the things I would suggest to you. There's no way any one person can take any credit for all this happening. It's a mob and what I'm going to read is names of people who have high capacity and have been willing to serve and also they have led and are leading because almost nothing is finished yet. All these people have been leading. Bob Carden, Elizabeth Kristen Fueo, Shamus Warren, Nancy Floto, Dina Fields, Tony Haroon, Kathy Connor, Karen Berry, Vince Panino, Pam Tamayo, Roger Pierce, Mike and Peggy Cantor, Matt Murphy, David Dunkel. Kristen Connor, Danielle Mackey, Philip Smith, Martin Polo, Karen Berry, Ron Floto. I know I'm repeating some names. Baxter Smith, Tom Berry, Tyler Hill, David, uh, David Maddox, Brooks Cunningham, Roger Pierce. I said his name twice. Burton Tuttle, Sally Hill, Danielle Mackey, McLean Murphy, Monica Canale, Elizabeth Wayo again. Can you believe all of that? And I, it's just unbelievable. That's what's happened. Friends. What is some folks are still have their commitment cards and haven't turned them in yet. And if you haven't turned one in and you want to turn one in, we certainly join on the mission. But here's the number right now today. Four million six hundred and twenty thousand dollars. I'm going to. It, it, it's it's stunning. I'm going to say it again. $4,620,000. Now I'm going to brag on you a little bit. With the company we hired, who are just beautiful Christian people who want to see churches build bridges into people's lives so that transformation can happen with the gospel of Jesus, we are the second highest percentage-wise campaign they've ever done. In other words, their prediction model, we're second highest ever in terms of multiples of what the prediction might have been. And I'm just saying this massive provision by God. And so, friends, here's what we're doing right now this morning. Because of that huge number, we're going to celebrate in two ways. We got Wright's Gourmet Cupcake Cakes, individually cupcakes, individually, individually packaged for each one of you. 
And we're going to have, in just a second, a $4,620,000 screaming and yelling. Beach balls flying around the room. Yes, that's what's going on. You can stand up. You can cheer. We're going to have a great time here. We're going to go next week. We're just having a party here. Kick it around. There we go. The band is going to hit some music. You're going to hit cupcakes. And we are celebrating the goodness of God, and that's just the way it is. You online, you can celebrate. Throw a piece of paper up in the air. Have some fun. Yay, God. Use your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really